and welcome to another episode of Turnstiles and Tribulations. And what a fantastic episode this is going to be. Um, Christopher, you and I have watched today's North London derby. There's a big smile on your face. There's a big smile on my face. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's just start talking um, about the football but before you get onto the game, I do have something to throw in. So if you want to say some bits before the game, like the build-up, how you're feeling, uh, I have something I want to throw in there before we jump into the game. Um, no, you go You go ahead. You've got something, obviously, on your mind to, okay. to say, so go for it, mate. Right, so uh, off-air, uh, I wake up 6 o'clock in the morning and I have a nice little audio note to listen to from Chris. It's lovely like that to wake up and the first thing I get to hear is his voice. Um and and just a, a brief kind of thing about how he was feeling, what he was thinking, and so on. Um, do you remember my reply? Did you listen to my reply before the game? I, I did listen. You were very confident. Yeah. And you thought we'd steamroll them. Yeah. So for all of those who are listening, I am actually going to clip that in. So you can listen now to my predictions for the game. And I should be a betting man, clearly. Uh, I got 90-odd percent of uh, what happened today right. So uh, I'm just going to roll now the audio of of what I thought pre-game. I think we're going to win 3-0. I think we're going to be comfortable. I think we're going to mug them right off. I think we're going to absolutely do them. I think that they will try all their shithousery and it just won't work. I think that there'll probably be a big Hugo Lloris mistake because that just seems to be what he does at the moment and that'll be hilarious um, and we can just all laugh at Tottenham and we can, like you say, cement that eight-point gap hopefully at the uh, top of the Premier League. Um, so yeah, fuck Tottenham, basically. Yeah, in- incredible, mate. You're like Mystic Meg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those predictions. Is, is she still known on. in the UK? Is she still a known thing? Um, I don't know. I obviously don't buy the sun and um, <laughs> or wherever she was, but <laughs> yeah, mate, uh, unbelievable. Do you know what? Some of those things are remarkably similar. Um, the Lorries thing, obviously, he's had a massive clangor. The <laughs> shithousery, obviously, um, right at the end, summed that up very well. Not just um, their players, but also their fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, you've you've absolutely your your confidence helped me a little bit because I was okay. Although I was confident, and I did say yeah. that we were going to win, I thought it was going to be tight. I thought it was going to be really yeah. stressful. But what a relaxing first half, by the way. <laughs> what a lovely, mate, what a lovely struggle in the park that was. Our players just got to stand there in acres of space and pass the ball around. It was magnificent. I loved it. Honestly, it was um, it was unbelievable. I, I know. Um, when I saw the lineup, and they had um, Pape Sar, who's like a creative player, apparently I think on on Pro Evolution that you just sort of, uh, you know, it's just like a default player that you just just turns up, doesn't he? When you when you don't have a a real player, Pape Sar just pops up because I've never heard of him. On him before and, um, we go on. On him, what was with massaging the mascot? as the camera pans along the front of the team and he's giving the mascot a shoulder massage, the flipping weirdo. <laughs> what nice is that about? Massage. Lovely. Um, well, that's the best thing he did, I think, because um, he was sort of non-existent in that, that first half and it it meant that, yeah, we had the absolute run of the game. Um, Thomas Party, 
bless him, he gave the ball away a few times. He tried to. <laughs> he did. He tried to fuck up a little bit. <laughs> there was but, at least but three. They just were like, <laughs> they just kept standing off of him, and um, he managed to recover. But it wasn't even a very good half from him, and he absolutely run the game. Yeah, I I did think that. I was uh, thinking back. There was a, I can think of at least three times. I was like, oh god, Thomas, like don't do that. But then, yeah, like like I say, this space they gave him, it was incredible. I couldn't believe how much they stood off him. Thank you uh, for that. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't think we needed it. We we played that well. We were so comfortable. We were stroking the ball around as if we were playing Bolton at the Emirates 10 years ago and we're 3-0 up with 15 minutes to go. Like That's how easy it was and how comfortable it looked. Um, yeah, it was marvellous. And... You're right, they didn't do anything to us in that first half. They they did nothing to us. I think the only thing they did was the um, shot at the end that Ramsdale had to save for the first half. Other than yeah. that, they were nowhere. Uh, but don't let that fool you. Arsenal were also brilliant. We turned up, we played the Arsenal way. We played with the confidence that we've been demonstrating through this season... We haven't necessarily altered our game plan too much for opposition. Obviously, there'll be some things that we do uh, for some players and stuff, but that was an Arsenal performance and a long overdue one there, a long overdue one. We've been shafted by referees in some games and in some games we just haven't played too well, but that was marvellous. Um, we didn't let um, We didn't let the occasion get to us. No. At all, we played exactly the same way as I'm sure Arteta, Arteta would have wanted us to play, and the same way that we've seen against some of the lesser teams. And I mean, every single player on that pitch to a man put on a really good performance and stood up. And every time this team is tested, every time there's talk of a little bit of pressure or talk of opportunity, they go out there and they perform. Mm-hmm. And it's it's blowing me away how consistent we are. You know, I was thinking, even even with the best intentions, I was thinking we might have a little blip here and there and yeah. we might be able to recover from it. But we haven't. Like, we just keep turning up every week. And it's the same uh, quality of performance no matter who we play. And that's the thing that's really surprised me today is that, at their stadium, with all the history and, you know, all the animosity that goes into it, the players just played relaxed like it was any any other team. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like, you know, probably the fans were more nervous about it than they were. And there's some some young heads there, but some broad shoulders to, to handle the pressure and the responsibility of going out there, performing in that way and, yeah, getting the job done. Yeah. Blown away. Re- that's really Blown well away. put that young young heads but broad shoulders um and you're right we we looked calm and confident and comfortable um so we're busy working away a lot of what we were doing was definitely coming down our right side um and Bukayo Saka had a great first half and we've mentioned already some of Partey's uh, wayward passes but this one was a ball i think it was he was inside our own half wasn't he and he just Chips it up and over and into space for Saka to to run onto. Goes to the byline and I'm thinking, yeah, test him. I was think like I said in that message, 
Luis is a clown and uh, I, I was just it raptures that that went in um, I was kind of jumping up thinking it had gone in directly from the shot like it hadn't really been as much of a intervention by Luis himself throwing it in the net but um, what a goal and, and well deserved and yeah I mean what, what were your thoughts on, on that part? He's Saka's roasted session on for that whole first half, didn't he? He um, he had him on toast early on, and he didn't get Sessignon is not a great defender. No, he's got a bit of pace. He can go forward, and you know he can do that part of the game. But if you can get him behind him, and he just got dragged about. There's so many times in that first half where Saka picked the ball up, and he was ru- he was making a run inside, yeah, from out to in, but quite deep in in the half. Um, and receiving the ball and then and then running at people and Sessignon couldn't pick him up and then this time he goes in behind him and um, and then Sessignon doesn't get tight to him allows him to cross the ball and yeah Loris has been making errors like that for 10 years he's been throwing them in his net for 10 years I can't believe he's still their first choice goalkeeper because he's got massive ricks in him all the time so Long it's not a massive surprise I mean you called it right Long may um, continue keep him on as captain give him another contract uh, keep him there. We love him. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a surprise when he does that sort of stuff. But yeah, just I thought both sides, both wide players, Martinelli as well had um, whoever was on that side. I don't know who it was. Was it Doherty um, on the right? Doherty, yeah, Doherty he, he had Doherty in his pocket back, as well. Yeah, um, just just all over the pitch. It's, Arteta said it. Um, so many times about winning duels, right? Yeah. And all over the pitch, we won our duels. We were first to every single ball. Second balls, we were there. We won the 50-50s. The little, um, the the moment of play where Saka got tackled and then Eddie dives in with a tackle and it rebounds to Saka and keeps it on. Yeah. Love all that stuff. You know, you know, winning those balls wins you that game because it gets the crowd up. It frustrates the Spurs crowd. It frustrates their players. And it just shows how much you want to win that game. And that was really evident, wasn't it? I think you're you're spot on with uh how they're winning the balls and just what we're we're so less naive, terribly constructed sentence there, but we're we're not being naive with players that come in from behind us when if Ramsdale's kicked long, for example, or if there's a, a chipped ball. We're not being naive into just getting bullied by that player. We're able to either make a run or push them back or whatever it is so that we can capitalise on that ball and we win it and then progress. And I think Arteta said in his post-match as well that we, we did a good job winning the duels uh, and we know he's he gets very upset if he loses a duel, as we've all seen. So, um, it's yeah, it was key to a lot of what we did. So we're 1-0 up and we, we've seen that Tottenham really haven't got much about them when they're defending. A uh, few niggly tackles here and there. Romero was one. Uh, was being a bit of a, a pillock. But uh, what do you expect? He spurs. And we just we were stroking the ball around like it was a game against a team. Like we'd come on after Tottenham had already played 90 minutes or something. We were that good. We were just moving the ball around. They had no press. They had no real idea how to stop us playing at all. And I I love it 
But you've got to question what what are Tottenham being coached on? <laughs> That's genuine genuine question. What is Conte getting them to do? Because this is a, a recurring thing for them that they have terrible first halves. Long may it continue, and please have terrible second halves as well. Help yourself. But um we were just majestic, honestly, we were majestic and Maybe before we get to talking about going 2 0 up, I think we should cover because I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was before the second goal, what was probably the hardest hit shins ball I've ever seen in my time watching football. <laughs> yeah. It was um tremendous power in that. I mean he hit he hit it so cleanly and it hit the post so well that it almost bounced out straight back to him, didn't yeah. it? It was like flush. And that's why um, I thought he must have hit it been. on the laces or something. But then you saw it was his shin. I was like, how the hell did he generate that power? That would have been one of the best North London derby goals um, yeah. of all time. Um, unlucky of him to hit it so well. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, um, he did have one already this year so or this season. So, um, you know, we'll let him off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like you just said there, like the... Their shape was all over the place. Their press was terrible. And then they started to panic. I think it, it was... Um, was it Eddie who pressed Loris um, into a mistake mm-hmm. yeah. slightly before? And then, um, again, they put the press on and he has to kick long because now he's panicking. We uh, win the header. Again, party plays a great little ball in to, to Saka and, and we managed to get the ball into Odegaard, who's in so much open space. And um, and then the captain steps up with, oh. I mean, a lovely daisy cutter. I love those shots. Yeah. Um, and what hit? I was I was up on my feet. I was shouting, screaming. Um, beautiful. It was a perfect beautiful. mix. So well hit. Perfect mix of direction and pace. I didn't smash it too hard. Uh, you know, which can sometimes see you lift it up. Um, and just yeah, it was just just went so comfortably into the bottom corner, and it was no less than we deserved. We we had just played them off the park in their own crappy little toilet bowl of a ground, and it was just brilliant. The uh, Vancouver Arsenal was down at the pub for that in town, and it just went off. The place was packed, great atmosphere. Um, so shout out to any of the Vancouver Goons that were there today. Um, yeah. And we got to see that, the basketball celebration. Um, they keep talking about maybe it's to do with shooting, but I think it's, you know, three-pointers. That's what that is. It's just it's just three-pointer yeah. after three-pointer. Another three-point, yeah. Um, like that. And, and that's what's also so key about today. It, any North London derby, no matter where we are in the league, we always want to win it, whether it's in a Mickey Mouse Cup, whether it's... FA Cup, whether it's Premier League, whatever it is, we obviously all want to win because North London is red, so we we need to make sure that it stays that way and win the games, right? Um, but the three points here is huge at this stage where, and you, you've mentioned it already, that so many people are not giving us the credit that maybe we deserve uh, and not crediting the fact that we are genuinely good we're eight points clear of man city and we're at the halfway mark in the league 
in the season. Next next week's halfway, isn't it? Yeah, we're it, it's it's we're the best team in the league by a far. I mean, by far, eight mm-hmm. points clear of a Man City team who have got who were who were who are unbelievable. Like let, let's let's not downplay how good that team is, mm-hmm. how good that manager is, how good every single of their superstar 60, 70, 100 million pound players are. Yeah. And we're eight points clear of them. Yeah. Like it's it's special. It's not is what it is. Like it's unbelievably special. And yeah, to to do it for this weekend to go the way that it's gone with other results as well, you know, we'll get to them, mm-hmm. I guess, in, in a moment, but is perfect. Yeah. And that that game kind of went perfectly as well because you had you had that fantastic first half where we blow them away, we're running the game. Um, the second half where it's an absolute battle and we have to show our character and show our balls to, to stay in it and there's moments of panic, but we have... Um, unbelievable saves from Ramsdale and great yeah. defensive stability to, to make sure they don't score. Then to have the the ending that it had, and again, we'll, we'll talk about this in detail, I'm sure, but yeah. the, the way the game ended and with the, the fan and with the shithousery from some of our players, <laughs> which is beautiful, mm. the little Instagram messages going on. Um, now, Theo Walcott's popping up with a little 2 oh, celebration. Uh, okay. um, <laughs> to have all of that as well, uh, and then to see the frustration of, of Richard Keyes and, and people like that, it's it's wonderful, right? That's that's the perfect weekend. The way yeah. that this has gone. Yeah. Oh god, that must be his blood must be boiling. But yeah, we'll come to that maybe in a little bit. So the end of the first half, they do fire that warning shot. There, uh, there was that header from Kane, if I remember right, the end to end the first half. Yeah, on the post. Yeah. Um, and Ramsdale makes a smart save, and you kind of need those that that is that reminder you know he's in the zone he's switched on and it is that reminder that don't switch off here we've done so much good work we've played so well don't then give it away so um i didn't mind that too much because it was perfect kind of time really to happen just for half time and a quick refocus just before you go in um and, and have the half time chat so uh we come out second half and Tottenham actually did play better. I still wasn't particularly worried about them, though. They still weren't attacking with real menace. I know that Ramsdale made a few good saves, and he got man of the match for it. And uh, Dimitar Berbatov was doing the Premier League coverage along with Wrighty. And he said, you know, you look at that, and normally you think that, well, the opposition must have battered the the team that had the goalkeeper that was making great saves and, and one man of the match, but that just wasn't actually the case. Um, we just looked comfortable. The I thought that Gabriel and Saliba were reasonably quiet. It, the threat was coming more from them. They were trying to cut inside uh, against our um, Ben White and, uh, and Zinchenko. And occasionally they managed to get crosses in and whatnot but I just there was just no threat there I mean Son was non-existent even in the second half he didn't join in um Kulusevski he certainly tried a bit harder 
uh, being the Arsenal fan that he is, he was probably trying to impress to see if he could maybe get uh, a chance to switch. Um, Kane had nothing. And I wouldn't particularly say we had him in our pocket, but he just had nothing. He really didn't get any change out of our defence. And so, yeah, for all of their attempts to come back at us, again, like you said, showing that determination and grit to uh, to not fade away and not let them back in was remarkable. And it's it's a great time to have this run of games that some people have been nervous about, but I, I think it's a good thing. I think to win, you know, to win the Premier League, if we were to do that again, you've got to beat the the uh, tougher teams or local rivals. You know, you've got to win those games, and and we have, we've done them for the first time since 2014, home and away. Which that in itself is crazy. That's been nine years, um, but no less than this team deserve the growth that we've seen since the back end of last season and how we've kept our momentum going at the beginning of the season and post-World Cup has been just fantastic. Really, really good, and I'm so proud of them. So proud of the Arsenal. Yeah, whatever Arteta and his staff have done to improve the mental stability of this team has 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 to be praised because these weren't games that these players would have peaked in last season these are games that we would have dropped off a little bit in and um, there's players who have been there now for for a couple of seasons or have been in the team for a few seasons who haven't necessarily shown this sort of grit consistently Um, but for some somehow it's sparked this season and um, yeah whatever they've done on the mental side and the psychological side of the game to make these players not feel or not play within themselves and not play with any kind of fear the handbrake the classic thing mm-hmm. um is is really remarkable and um yeah yeah like you say it's like a second half tougher for us but again it's a great test and it's another thing that we can take off and say you know this team have showed again it's not a fluke that they've got the ability to to stay in the game and to to finish it off when it when it needs to be done yeah. And that is, as they say, the sign of champions. It is. It is. Still, we'll keep going. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, I think, again, it was uh, just before the end of the first half. How worried were you that the referee was going to take the opportunity to give them a penalty? Yeah, there was a... a it was uh, a shot, right, by Hoiberg? Um, I, I think so. At the end it? of the and first half. It was a hop, skip and a jump. Um, and then he sort of um, falls down the floor, and yeah, there was a moment where it looked like the referee had pointed to the spot, but yes. um, I guess the players didn't think that. It was just somehow from the TV cameras we thought it was. Absolutely, um, and I was incredulous at the time. I was just like, no way is that a uh, penalty. And then when you see the replay, even more so. Um, but yeah, I we've all, a lot of people, we've all spent a lot of time thinking and worrying, you know, the FA love to to help Arsenal um, as best they can. And uh, I was just waiting for the referee to just point at the spot and say, there you go, Harry, is there anything more I can do for you? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank, thankfully not. Um, how, I think for me, that covers 
the game. There was nothing else that particularly stood out. Um, I know we haven't really gone into too much detail, but I kind of feel that that's because we played that well. There isn't too much detail that we need to. There's no nitpicking that needs to be brought in. Um, there's nothing particular that stood out as uh, as a negative or anything like that. So we can get to towards the end of the game. Oh, there is one other thing. Sorry, totally forgot. Uh, Ramsdale did rob man of the match from Gabriel Martinelli when the cross ball was played and he had enough time to just think, let's mug him off a little bit more and control it on my back, bring it down and then then move it on. I mean, <laughs> if you can't enjoy that, then... Uh, Oh, he he must have been loving the reaction from the fans um, to that one, both the away fans and the home fans, because I'm sure they would have been livid watching an Arsenal player and uh, just kind of murk them like that. In uh, I think it, I think it got under some of the players' skin as well. I think Romero reacted quite badly to that, which is beautiful to see. <laughs> um, obviously, there's there was the little uh, heated moment between Jacka and Conte as well where uh, Jacques seemed to be shouting something um, over at Conte, and Conte was shouting back, and they were giving it to each other. Yeah. Love all that stuff. When you're like when you're winning a game, and when you can see that everything you do is winding up the opposition, it's just a beautiful thing, isn't it? Like, it's, there's almost nothing better in football no. than the absolute frustration and anger um, of the opposition fans or opposition players when there's nothing they can do you're just better than them yeah and they just yeah as you and I know nothing better than winding up the opposition fans um, so yeah the final whistle goes and we cut to Richarlison pushing um, Ramsdale in the head I'm sure that Arsenal will probably receive an FA charge for causing Richarlison to push Ramsdale in the head um, and we'll have some time to answer that. And there's already a steward there, and the Rams are saying, like, I need to go and grab my, my stuff. Uh, goes over to the side of the pitch there. Quite a few players have then at that point already gotten a little bit involved, and some absolute flipping moron decides to charge down from wherever he was and try and... I think he kicked out at Ramsdale, wasn't he? He didn't try and punch him. He tried and kick him, right? Yeah, he kicked out. I think he managed to catch him, didn't he? Just no, I think he missed. Um, and obviously that incensed Ramsdale, as you can imagine. Um, and the other Arsenal players there brought even more people in and you saw Mikel Arteta like, sprint over with a bunch of others to pull people away because we don't want any further silly charges coming our way and also rightly because as Arteta pulled people away and wanting us to go down the other end of the ground and celebrate with our fans which we'll get to in, in a yeah, second um, but yeah for me if there isn't a some sort of FA investigation into that um, which there probably won't be then I'd be well no I won't be surprised because like I said I don't think there will be Um they should find that fan, the little mug who then was terrified and tried running away over row after row. Um, you know, if you think you're big enough to come down and try and do something like that to any footballer during a game, uh, you know, don't don't then run away like a little little wet blanket afterwards. Jacques, yeah, he'll, he'll get he'll get a stadium ban. You hope so. Guy. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, and then Xhaka was then sensed with something. He wanted to go back and probably slap someone about a bit. Um, and Arteta was strongly in there to, to pull him away um, and make sure that he didn't. And we, we go over to to our corner of travelling fans. Uh, I'm sure you you had friends in there today. I did too. And, and they would have loved it. And we basically finished off pissing on their bonfire with that cherry on top of just standing there, like clapping our fans, jumping up and down and enjoying it because, and this will boil the blood of the Richard Keyses of the world, the celebration police. I don't care. I love it. In fact, it makes me love it more that it will annoy other people. This is, as we've said already, a huge achievement that we're eight points clear of a very good city team midway through a league. And it's not like, the old days where it used to be Arsenal United, Arsenal United, and you kind of you expected to be in this kind of a fight. No, we didn't expect this. We thought we'd be battling that out before, not first. So, I loved watching that. How how were you feeling, and what were you thinking watching us enjoy those scenes with our fans? Yeah, it's it's great to see. Obviously, that the guy who who comes and tries to kick Ramsdale or kicks him, whatever he does. 100% he'll get a stadium ban, lifetime ban from, from football, um, and rightly so, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the the frustration, I think, starts from Richarlison. Like you say, it looked like Ramsdale had his tongue out, which he loves to do, um, as he was holding on to the ball, waiting to kick it. And uh, yeah, you get a reaction from a player. He pushes him in the face. Hopefully there'll be some sort of punishment for that. Um Quite a lot of their players seem to be surrounding the referee, so I'm sure there'll be an FA charge for that. Probably um, to us, so I look though. Forward, we'll, I look we'll forward get to the this charge, continuing on to the next few days, you know, and seeing the fallout and seeing the um, the fines and the charges and uh, all come the misery way. continue, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see. Um, Erdegaard talked after the game again about just focus on the next one, focus on the next one, that's all that matters. Um, Arteta very pleased same kind of message uh, just happy to get the win for the fans he, he's very good he doesn't he doesn't revel in a moment like that maybe as much as he should I think he's very humble you know he he deserves to be able to stand there and go look at me and my team aren't we aren't we something special and but he, he he doesn't. He chooses not to do that, and it's it's very uh, yeah, like I say, very humble of him to not not do something like that. Do you think if we manage to win the league with a, a game or two left, that he'll after that um, game in the press conference be saying we've got to focus on the next game? Yeah. There's still three points on offer. Probably we we take the trophy home tonight, but <laughs> tomorrow there's another another yeah. training session. We've got to play. <laughs> but that's exactly what he said. That's exactly what he said. He said tomorrow we train, we train harder, and and we we go again. And yeah, you know what? Probably he would. Um, and it's it's that mentality that is pushing us and has started this journey that we're on. Um, you know, we had bad runs with him. You and I were both in his corner we, you know we never wavered there and I think to be honest most sensible Arsenal fans didn't waver either um, because you could see what it was he was trying to do and what he was trying to build both with the team and how we played plus 
the connection again, as he's spoken about a lot, the connection with the fans. Like I've never felt um, as an older adult disconnected, even from back in the days when we were going every week home and away. I've never felt this connected because I. How many times would we walk, you know, drive away from a Swansea away or wherever it might be, angry with watching the same old, same old, and and not try and win the game until we were already losing the game towards the end, you know. So he deserves all the credit and all the praise. And although he might not revel in it himself right now, North London is reveling in it tonight. Uh, and many an Arsenal fan around the world is reveling in it tonight. Yeah, I certainly will be for a long time. Yeah, let's <laughs> enjoy this week. Did you catch any of Conte's post-match? Uh, no, not seen anything from Conte. What's he had to say for himself? So, Jeff Shreves, who, as we know, would often uh, come into the Tollington after the game. I think he, he would often meet uh, mates that he obviously has there. Um, and he, I think he's the only pro... Arsenal sports journalist pundit uh, around and he was saying, you know, he basically forced Conte into saying Arsenal were clearly the better team and so on. And Conte agreed with him. He didn't really uh, give that up. Um, but there was a few things he did go on to say that, you know, we are a title, a capable title winning side. Um, and all of these other nice things that the Tottenham manager has to say about us, that will drive all of the Conte outs even more mad after losing to us at theirs, um, that their manager is then kind of heaping praise on on Arsenal and the manager and the team. Um, Because that's, yeah, it wasn't a contentious post-match. It was more the fact that he was actually being pragmatic and realistic and acknowledging that Arsenal were good right now. Yeah, um, look, it's a a miserable, muggy little club and um, <laughs> miserable, muggy little manager to go with it. <laughs> um, indeed, it is. So that pretty much brings us to we're top of the league, eight points clear. Um, do we want to touch on a couple of the other results? I mean, I, I, the only one that really mattered was obviously the United City game. Um, you talked about we've we've spoken just here that City are an incredibly good side. Did you watch any of that game though? Yeah, um, quite an interesting game because you've got um, City who have, I guess, stumbled a little bit over the last um, couple of weeks. Maybe not necessarily their results haven't always been uh, terrible and they haven't dropped loads of points, but their performances haven't been as good as they were pre World Cup. And um, they're not quite getting the ball to Haaland early enough. It's not quite clicking in their attack. And in defence, he's changing, chopping and changing, bringing in players and taking them out again. So it was an interesting one because then you've got Man United who are on the up and um, are dragging themselves back into their this fight for second place that they're in um, with everybody else in the league. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's starting to go well for, for Ten Hag. So it was... Um, it was always going to be a close one. My fingers were crossed that, that Rashford, Rashford was going to do the business and um, get get a goal. But the, I mean, the interesting one from that, and I guess the, the biggest sort of talking point and the one that's worth um, the most discussion is that first goal. Um, what was your feelings on that offside situation? Because 
there's I guess there's two ways to look at all this stuff. There's it's not us, so it's funny that it happens to another team. Yeah. But there's this could be us next week. Yeah. What do you think about the the rule and the way that it's been dealt with? Yeah, I I would be mad if I was City, um, because yeah the but didn't we have something quite similar? I'm trying to remember. All of a sudden, I hadn't thought of it until just a second. Didn't we have? Was it Cup Final when Sanchez was it? I can't remember which way around it was. I think Sanchez scored, but Ramsey was kind of in the way and Johnny on the spot, and there was a bit of a like. Is the goal going to be given? Is it not? And this was before VAR. Um, and then it was given. So we have actually benefited from uh, an example similar-ish to this. R one was slightly different circumstances, not because it was a cup final, uh, but... R1 was where the ball was in the box and Ramsey wasn't... Ramsey didn't have time to be running onto it like Rashford was. It was quite clear that the ball yeah. was coming across and Rashford was making the move to it and running at it. Um, whereas in, in R1, it was a kind of a quick thing and Ramsey just stood out of the way, but he was stood right there. Um, I think that, yeah, that should be given as offside because anyone who plays football... If you're defending and the ball is rolling towards you and you've got a player that is clearly closer to it in the first kind of part of that ball rolling towards you, that's what you're looking at. If you're looking out as David De Gea, you would be looking, uh, sorry, as Edison, you would be looking at uh, Rashford and probably not paying too much attention to the run from deep from Fernandez. So, yeah, I think I'd be upset if that was us, if it happened against us. Yeah, I, I don't see any way that you can give that as a goal. I think it's, I, I, I think it's a cut and dry offside. Mm. I think it's a mad decision. The fact it was, the fact that the linesman put his flag up um, and then United were sort of aggrieved by it and then they've checked it, for me, is, is insane because then that's overturned the decision, right? If the linesman hadn't put his flag up um, and then you disallow it, then there's that clear and obvious mistake situation, right? But yeah. this is one where you're saying that they're wrong for, for flagging it. And actually, surely that's the linesman's prerogative at that time to to think that the player is affecting the play by running towards the ball. I think, again, if, you, if you're running back towards the play and your hands are up and you let the ball go past you, or you're running towards the ball and then you stop and let your teammate run past, I mm -hmm. think that's fine. But I think if you're running with the ball at your feet but not touching it, yeah. then you're probably obstructing somebody from playing the ball yeah. wherever they are. Um, so I think it was an absolutely um, mad decision. So I only I was glancing at it. I didn't. I wasn't kind of fully invested. Was it VAR that? told the referee because I thought from what I could see I couldn't quite hear the commentary um, I thought it was a conversation between the ref and the lino and maybe the ref interceded that he was like no Rash it, the lino may have said Rashford was offside in an offside position but maybe the ref had interjected and said yeah but I didn't see Rashford touch it and I th that's what I thought happened but like I say I might have missed it I didn't realise if VAR had actually been in his ear or not yeah, I think, I mean, look, whatever way it gets 
dealt with, they come up with the wrong outcome, don't yeah. they? Because it's not the first time you know, it's, it's, a, issue, it's a massive it? injustice. Well, that's what Pep said afterwards as well, right? We know where we play. It's, it's Old Trafford, and oh, did he? And those things are going to keep happening, yeah. Um, but I mean, look, good result for us yeah. at the end of it um, because I think City are. Credible challengers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Man United are yet. They're on a really ask. good run, but they will have to go on some run to drag themselves back and and get above us by the end. Like, I was going to ask: Are they now? Turnaround. Are they now in this fight? They're only one point behind City. Yeah, I don't think they are. Okay. Um, I think they're on an incredible run. Um, really good run of results, and if they're still there within you know the next month or so then I guess you can start talking about them but um I think it's still us and City okay. to fight it out um I think City have shown on other occasions that they can put loads of wins together um and if they were to do that then they could claw back points um but yeah for me now it's it's us looking down at well not even looking down not even considering who's behind us because the gap's so big can barely see who who it is down there in second <laughs> you really are enjoying it mate I love it um, I'm not sure where I stand on whether United could or couldn't get back into it but one thing that's clear is that their the life of the team has become a lot easier since Ronaldo left and that, yeah, it's a bit that of a doesn't left, surprise that doesn't surprise me at all um, I think the Ronaldo that was made at United um, had evolved further to be uh, too much of a disruption to what they had there. So um, they are on that upward trajectory. Hopefully we can put a stop to that next week. Um, Rashford, who you mentioned, they're popping up with a goal. Uh, who's on a fine scoring run at the moment. He went down in that first half with what looked like some sort of groin hip issue um and i thought oh no like he's in my fantasy team and he's got the good record of scoring at the minute i was like oh no i'm gonna miss out on fantasy points if he's injured um but he managed to play you know pretty much the rest of the game uh, up until the end he was a late sub are we hopeful that maybe there is something there that he's he's out for us on the weekend yeah i mean he's the most dangerous player so um if he's if he's not fully fit, I'd love him to miss out on it. Um, he'll he'll be a danger. We'll have to really be aware of the threats that Man United pose because they are, like I say, on a really good run, um, kind of gone unnoticed. But they're they're still the same Man United that were terrible at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they still turned but up they, with Luke Shaw at centre back. So we yeah, but we know there were we things out, involved. We outplayed in that, them but... then, and I think we've. Um, Maybe we've we've been able to show that we can deal with that situation now, right? Um, a lot better. So again, it's a it's another good test that comes at the right time, maybe, and it's another one where if you can then beat Man United, then the only loss you've had this season you've got redemption for, and yeah. that just ticks another box for this team. So um, look, I'll be looking at it, and I'm sure that Arteta's looking at it as a massive opportunity again to to say. If there's still any doubt, if there's still any um, tiny, tiny bit of doubt there from the rest of the world that we can be in a title challenge, that show up uh, uh, and do a job against United. Yeah, 
absolutely totally agree with that um so i'm looking forward to uh looking forward to next week's games or and and this is just it right this is even through uh some of the harder years supporting arsenal you you always look forward to that next game but right now i'm spending i'm reveling in tonight's win but I've, i can't wait to get back out on the pitch again uh, and and watch us play again it's it's a great thing to have so much energy and so much positive energy towards the club at the moment just so happy yeah um ring an endorsement there mate of, of the club uh there's a little bit of a negative situation that's happened off the pitch um, which probably needs to be chatted about um but can we have a break first and then we'll, talk about this transfer we will we'll talk about that um you know afterwards oh you did want to mention the the women's team did you want to talk about that now i must admit in the time from hearing your message this morning heading downtown coming back over getting a bite to eat and so on i haven't been able to watch the highlights i know the result um and i know some of what was going on off the pitch and around it um with beth mead and so on did you want to quickly talk about that at this point yeah, um, a, maybe a, a frustrating game, a little bit of a missed opportunity for Arsenal um, against Chelsea there, um, getting a draw. The better team, definitely. There was a great attendance there, looked like, um, I think they said it was 45,000, just below the record that we set um, earlier in the season against, against Tottenham. So huge, huge crowd there. Um, Arsenal went 1-0 up with um, a, a really good uh, penalty from Kim Little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last few moments, last few minutes of the game, um, we conceded Sam Kerr, got an equaliser. Had loads of good chances in the game, couldn't finish them off. And right. um, yeah, slightly sort of let the opposition get in. But um, it's going to be an interesting title race for the rest of the season. It's really close there. Um but it could be, it would have been a big statement to, to get a win yeah. at home in front of that Emirates crowd um, against Chelsea and, uh, yeah, um, put a marker down for the season. But, you know, I'm sure they'll come back next season. That we'll, uh, Sorry, next week. Uh, we're missing a few players with injury. Obviously, Beth Mead we, is... We have struggled uh, there, Mead yeah. have got this um, joint. Both, both got uh, a ligament injury, so they're both out at the moment. But um, yeah, the, the replacements seem to come in and do a decent job. So there's some good signs there. Yeah, and there was the post afterwards, the men's team holding up a shirt for Beth Mead's mum um, and the news of her passing this weekend. Um, so all the best to, to her and her family. Um, and it's great to see the Arsenal family kind of rallying around her in, in such a way. So uh, yeah, like you say, maybe a missed opportunity to stamp some authority on the WSL there. But uh, I'm sure the ladies will keep pushing and fighting as they progress through. We'll take a quick break here and we'll be back in the second part. We're going to talk about the January transfer window, maybe even touch on the New Look Emirates uh, and the stadium wraps that will be going up as well. So stick around. We'll be back in just a minute.
Thanks for sticking around and uh, listening to us uh, prattle on about the Arsenal and the 2-0 win today in, in North London. We're going to move now and we're going to switch towards the January transfer window. So if you've been living under a rock, which I'm sure none of you have, because anyone listening to this podcast is likely an Arsenal fan and you're fine, upstanding people. Um, Mikhailo Mudrik has signed for Chelsea today. He is a player that Arsenal were clearly involved for and clearly after and someone that we wanted. He is also a player who clearly wanted Arsenal and clearly wanted to come and play for us and clearly supports us. Yet, somehow today he has walked out to Stamford Bridge as their new player instead of coming to us. Yet, the agreed fees were only a couple of million apart from what I understand from people like David Ornstein and uh, Fabrizio Romano, uh, two people out of all of the people uh, that I would put some stock in what they say. I'm going to let Chris jump in here first and talk about this because we think we might have differing opinions on this one. So I want to hear yours first before my uh, my one might tinge you in any way. So, so my thoughts on this... Right, I don't know where to start. <laughs> um, generally with Arsenal, when we're looking at signing a player, we're looking in a top bracket right there's only a certain amount of players who are interested in in world football they have to be of an elite um athleticism of technique and personality and everything like that and like they have to the boxes. well i mean that was and we can go we can go back to pascal Seagan <laughs> and whatever if you want really but i'm talking about right now when we're top of the league we're not signing dennis Suarez. <laughs> Um, although we might, we might have to. Is he still around? I don't know. I saw that um, Lucas just bought himself out of a contract. Maybe, maybe he fancies a quick trip back. <laughs> but so, so we're looking at we're looking at top tier players, and I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, it's really difficult to find them. Yeah. If you think you found one. As a club, if you've identified somebody you think is of that bracket, you've got to do everything possible to try and get them to sign for you. And my my feelings on this situation is, if it was a case of a few million euros, the difference between doing this deal or not doing this deal, and we think that this player is a generational talent and he's going to change our attack and he's going to be an impact on whether we're able to compete for titles and trophies, then you have to do the deal and you have to try and match the the other clubs around you because they're doing the same thing. We're all looking for these unique talents. If you don't think he's that, if you think that there's a, a player who can do the job, who's second on your list or third on your list, who's equally as good at all these things, or slightly less, but still in the same bracket, then you forget about Mudrick and you do the second player down. I hope that we've got a second player down at the moment. I wasn't convinced by Mudrick. I said this to you before um, 
I've not seen enough of him. I've, I've seen a 90 minutes and then I've seen some highlights on YouTube. I don't think he's... I don't, he's not shown enough for me that he's he's going to change everything we're doing. So I wouldn't have done the deal with those sort of numbers anyway. But if the club thought he was that good and they haven't done it for the sake of a few million and they miss out and they end up with nothing, whether we win the league or don't win the league, I think is a mistake. If there's a player out there who we think is similar, who can do the same job, who fits the same profile then you forget about Mudrick and you do the second player down. And I really hope that's what we've done. And I think, I would like to think that's what we've done. I like to think that's where we are as a club, that we've thought ahead. We've got a contingency plan. And although this deal hasn't been done, that there's somebody else being lined up and spoken to. Um, So they're my feelings on transfers in general at this point and on him as a player and and him as a player like I say I don't think he's the second coming of Robert Perez um, I, I don't think we've missed out on anything I might be proved wrong he might be incredible he might be um, he might be the next Gabriel Martinelli but I don't think he will um, and I, I'm not that fussed on missing out on this player but I will be frustrated if we don't get anybody okay that's my summing up as, as concise as I can, I guess, Yeah. of the situation. I'm a little bit surprised at one or two of the things you said in there about how if it's for the sake of a couple of million, do the deal. Because I think that is where it is. We, we were only a couple of million away from what I understand. Um, that could be wrong. It's, it's the day of, and there's a lot of uh, information out there that we have no real knowledge on if it's true or not. This um, is the other thing, just just before you start as well, sorry, mate, just before yeah. you start, one more thing on that. The information that we're getting from even the top-tier journalists, who knows where it's coming from? Is it coming from Shakhtar? Is it coming from Arsenal? Is it coming from agents? Is it coming from the player? How How accurate are the figures that we're hearing? Who knows? we can go on it, you know, with a little bit of, of, you know, with a pinch of salt, put it that way, I think, with some of the things we hear. But, yeah, it is what it is there. Yeah, but, yeah, like uh, like I say, the, the comment that maybe we should have done it if it was just the sake of a couple of million surprises me, actually. I thought you uh, you maybe wouldn't have, have taken that. Um, my feeling on it is one of a lot of dis- disappointment, a, a lot of hoping and thinking that we're we're going to get this done and then it's snatched away and it's taken away from us by Chelsea of all people um which is frustrating but for me I I I'm mad as well now at the player because player players have power We've seen it enacted. We saw Rafinha have the power to, when Chelsea had agreed a fee with Leeds, to say, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to Chelsea because I reckon after a couple of games, they'll buy a Bamiang, Tuchel will get fired, and then they'll bring in the Brighton manager. I mean, Rafinha was a prophet. He saw it all coming. And then... Two weeks after that fee was agreed, he then went to Barcelona. You know, they got Barcelona to match it and uh, and off they went. 
if Mudrick really wanted to play for Arsenal so much, why is he not digging his heels in and saying to Shakhtar, I, I'm not going to play for you. Like, be be that player. Be the, right, fine, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. What would you rather? Would you rather have that unhappy player in your team making things bad for you? Or do you just want to accept the 5 million or 10 million uh, euro less offer and just let me go? You're still getting a lot of money, way more than you should be for that player. Um, because like you say, he hasn't done much. I need, even though I was excited about him, I haven't watched him that much. I know I've seen him play, but the fact I don't remember him play says something. I remember I was thinking about this this morning when all this was happening and I was I was driving to town and I was thinking back to when Mbappe was at Monaco and I remember seeing him in one game and I immediately bought him on the football manager because you, you could see it in Mbappe. Like, I knew straight away from watching him he was going to be a world talent. And I've not felt that with Mudrick. So I don't think we've missed out on a world talent. I am happy that we haven't over overpaid. And that's where I'm surprised that we differ. I thought we were going to differ maybe in different areas. But I'm happy we haven't overpaid. I'm happy we haven't been like, oh, all right, well, here's another 10 million that we don't want to give you and stretch the deal out even more uh, just to match Chelsea. Because I think we clearly, the fact that we didn't do that, we obviously felt uncomfortable at the lengths we were already going to maybe. Um, I do echo your sentiments that surely there's a, a number two and a number three on that list. Um, Rafinha I believe has been one of the names even mentioned they they brought it up on the Premier League coverage Wrighty uh, was asked about it um, I, I haven't seen anything on that I haven't had time to kind of look at that um, because I, I even asked a couple of the guys at the pub today who do we who do we go for who is there out there now that like you say is that top tier talent that Denis Suarez calibre player who can come in and set our team on fire, who is there out there that we could get? Because we're not going to be able to walk into Juventus and say, oh, we'll have Lavic, thank you very much. We're not going to be able to go to PSG um, and say, oh, you don't need Mbappe anymore. We're not going to Dortmund and nicking Jude Bellingham off them. Um, so who who are these players who are these number twos and number threes in that attacking area? And we haven't even really done anything in the midfield area. A lot of people calling for that to be reinforced because if we do lose uh, someone in there for a period of time, I think we've all seen after this week that Sambi Laconga is not the person to fill those boots. Um, who are these players? Who do you even? Who would you think of? I know you want a Gakpo. Uh, surely now, after seeing him blank against Wolves and Brighton, that's fifty million. I'm glad we didn't spend as well. The so the Rafinha one's a, a strange link, I think, because he's a player who you've just you've just spoken there about a player wanting to be at a certain club. He wanting to be at Barcelona. How, you know, what sort of mentality is he going to be in if six months after signing there, 
he's kicked out the door to back to the Premier League to go and play for a club that he had the opportunity to and didn't want to. I don't I don't see that deal happening. I don't I don't see how that would work. I don't know I don't know how the numbers would work for it. He's he's certainly not um, I've only seen a few um, matches from Barca this season, but he's not putting up any trees over there. So surely he's going to be worth less than he was when they bought him. Um, so I, yeah, I, don't, I don't see that deal for me that really working. Look, we're, we're talking about Mudrick's 21-22. There's loads of 21-22 year olds who are doing really good stuff in attacking areas at not top five leagues because that's what Ukraine, the Ukrainian league is um, around the world. So if that's the sort of, you know, if we're, if we're looking at players who are at, I know you said we can't go into Dortmund, we can't go into Juventus, but if we're looking at players who are at Shaksa Donetsk, players who are at um, Leeds, um, there's been links to players at, at Brighton. There's loads of clubs out there. There's loads of players who are, Similarly, look great on YouTube. Who we can get, who are fast, and who have who have great attacking potential, and um, could do us a job and could turn into really good players under the right coach and under the right system. So, I, I just I don't feel like this is a player we've missed out on because he's not shown us enough. So I, I don't have any attachment to him. Um, I didn't build up any relationship or attachment before while this deal was being talked about he was one who was going to have to come and try and prove himself to me I guess rather than a player who I was really excited about having um right now if you said to me and this is not just because he's just turned us down essentially but if you said to me right now you can plop Mudrich into our team for the rest of the season or you can put Nicola Pepe back into our team for the rest of the season I'd go with Pepe because there's, I have under, I have an understanding of what sort of player he is, and of the impact that he could have, and the impact that he has had on a small scale. So, for me, it's just about getting the right player. It doesn't necessarily matter what the cost is or where that player is coming from, what league it is. You know, look at someone like um, that Matoma who's burst onto the scene at Brighton and everybody loves. Mm. Nobody was talking about him a month ago. Yeah. Nobody heard who he was. He's having a great run right now and all of a sudden he's worth a load of money, but where did they get him from? You know, these are the sort of players I think that are out there who can come in and who can make an impact off the bench or be an option for us. And these are the players who are the talent ID side of the club, the recruitment side of the club, the scout inside of the club will have a radar on and should be now looking at and hopefully they don't cost us what we were going to pay for, for Mudrix. But you, you know, just said about um, we need a player who's going to come into the first team and, and improve us and do do better things. Who is that at the moment? You're, you're talking about other players that are bench players. Like who Who is that? And... I wouldn't necessarily say that, like you say, Rafinha hasn't done too much at Barca. I also don't see that one particularly being uh, having any legs to it. Who out there is operating at that superstar level? Like, can Arsenal go and buy a superstar? 
I think I think Arsenal can go and buy whoever they want. Certainly, if you put certainly if you do what Chelsea are doing and put contracts over eight and a half years, you can certainly buy whoever you want because you know FFP doesn't matter if you do that. Um, look, if Arsenal if Arsenal want to commit the money to go and buy a Modric at a hundred million euros, they can go and do it. They just don't think he's worth that, right? So, yeah. you know, that opens up the door to any other player within reason that isn't Mbappe um, that wants to come here. So, I don't know. The, the answer is, I don't know. I, I like players out there. You know, you've got people like um, Cavara, who's the Napoli um, winger, who's doing some incredible stuff there. You've got Nico Williams, who's who's doing good stuff and got into the Spain team. Um there's players out there. There's a player who's, I won't say his name because I'll absolutely butcher it, but um, a Danish winger who's just signed for Benfica for a really cheap price, who's got great numbers and doing great stuff. Um, there's players out there. Okay. I think Noah Lang, who was at um, Netherlands, who, who was, um, who's at Club Bruges, potentially, or you try and, try and solve the problem in-house and maybe there's somebody... Um, like Marquinhos, who needs to play a little bit more, or or, or somebody else there. Look, I, I just think the Mudrick thing was a a nice idea, but I don't think there was enough evidence to say that he would have massively changed what we were going to do. And personally, I don't I don't really care that much that we've missed out on him. I, I think as long as the club does something else, this is this is the only other thing. If the club does nothing now. Well, and we've we're only short got in that position. Two weeks left. Then now. we're in trouble. But we've, we've got two weeks left, and we spent all this time, and we were, you know, we were clearly having conversations, even with Shakhtar before January had had opened. Uh, we may now may not have the time um, to get that next person in. That next person's price. As soon as a team like Arsenal uh, are interested, we'll go up. And then the closer we get to January 31st, the price will go up as well. Um, I'm upset about it more for the fact that we spent a load of time dancing around and wanted the player. He wanted us, we wanted him. Like Between a player and a club who want each other, I often find that the selling club then don't have as much power as Shakhtar have been able to wield. Um, and so I'm just a bit frustrated that we've been led on a merry dance there. Um, and I'm a bit at a loss as to who we bring in that supplements this team um, going forward. Eddie played well. We didn't actually really talk about him too much in our um, in our coverage, but he had a great game. I thought worked very hard and did a lot for the team to ensure those three points today. You have Jesus back. Um, I still think even with him back, an extra person would still be good, even with Smith-Rowe now coming back from injury, even with Vieira, maybe if he gets more minutes. I still feel if you're in today's game, you still need more. You know, City can take Mares off and put Grealish on. They can take Foden off um, and put Alvarez on. They've got all of these players. And I know that, they're currently sat eight points, I think. I think we've discussed it. I think they're eight points behind us. Um, so it's not all invested in that, but a lot of the time that is what has won titles in the last 10, maybe even 15 years. 
So it's just a very interesting one. We'll see what happens now. Um, and fingers crossed we can do something because I do think we need it. Uh, the one good thing about January is normally we have quite a few games and we don't actually have too many. We've got United on the weekend and now we've got City in the Cup. Um, can't remember any others off the top of my head um, to, to think of. But I know we haven't. It's not like we've got a Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday for the rest of the uh, month. So we're not missing someone too much. But if we get one knock, even if it's enough to take one of our players out for just one game, that could be a lot. I would have hated to have gone into today's game without Bukayo Saka after he went down against Oxford the other night. So I'm just a little bit worried. I would like to see um, something happen. But at this point, there's no one that stands out and it is obvious to me um, that we're getting. On the flip side of that, I have spent the last couple of days just reminding myself actually how lucky we are how cool it is that in the last few years we've signed players like Thomas Partey, who was a really good player before he came to us and we went out and did the deal that we signed Jesus, that we signed Zinchenko, that these players have come in and they're coveted players and they've come to us. So I've just been trying to remind myself a little bit of that, that not all is lost just because it's one person that we clearly wanted, we now haven't got. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed, something happens in the remaining two weeks to improve our first 11. Even when Jesus is back, someone that improves our first 11. Someone that if we're losing 1 0 to Man City. Uh, come February when we play them uh, in the league that we can bring them on with 20 minutes to go and they can do something yeah um, look I'm I'm confident that we will I think the the signs have been clear that we've tried to do a deal for players in this position um, a couple of times and we were happy to spend reasonably big or happy to put down a, a decent amount of money on it so Look, I just think it's a case of, you know, the club will have their their list. You work down it, and um, yeah, I th I think we'll have a player. Don't know who that will be. Um, it might come out of nowhere. It might be a bit like um, Fabio Vieira when that happened. We won't hear anything about it, and the next day he turns up. But um, I, I would think that the club were doing stuff behind the scenes that wasn't necessarily visible while they were still talking to to Mudrick. So. Um, Look, I'm confident. If it comes to the end of, of January and we haven't got somebody, then I think we can have a discussion about um, whether Edu has done the job that he should have done um, in January. But until then, I'm giving the club benefit of doubt. And okay. um, I think Gakpo will score more goals than Mudrick. Just to circle in on one bit you mentioned there... Um... I don't think it will be a Vieira type deal where, or we certainly shouldn't be doing the level of a Vieira type deal where he can sign out of the blue. Because if you're going after someone that good, good enough to be in our first team, good enough to be able to help us 
achieve what we would like to achieve, um, you're going to know about it because of their profile. That's, and, well, that's what yeah, I would have thought. Look at, look at what Chelsea have done. They've signed a player from under Anos in two days, essentially. We thought it was almost yeah, done but, on Friday, but they're more by Sunday they've got they've got him. And well, I I felt this before they signed Mudrick. Like they went out and did a, a very expensive deal for a guy who's now going to sit with his feet up for another couple of weeks um, after his red card. They're buying lots and lots of attackers. They've got a bunch of attackers and midfielders that they don't. The coach doesn't know how to deploy them. They don't seem to know how to play together, even though they've been there together for years. They've got an owner who has no clue. Um, has their, I think they appointed a sporting director, but has that person even started yet? Because if they have, what are they doing? Because clearly they're just a yes man to the, uh, or yes woman to the owner. Um, Potter, yeah, they got a win today, a horrible, ugly win over Crystal Palace. I still don't see them doing too much. If they make it to seventh by the end of the season, they'll have done well. Um, they're a club in a mess and with no real direction at the moment. Um, and yeah, I I look forward to the implosion because you'd think it's coming. I don't think just yet, but at some point, because yeah, they've they've got they'll have an unhappy striker sat on the bench in a Bamiyang who's not getting played. He's having a midfielder play up front instead and I know he scored today but he's you know only got five goals for this season and he's their top scorer that is pretty poor by the Abramovich Chelsea standards of the past um I just think they're a bit of they're a bit pointless really as a club yeah as an institution but you know you know what's gone well in the past is buying um, cast-offs from Chelsea. So maybe we can have one of their attackers since they've got so many of them. Well, at the moment, I wouldn't... There's no one in that side that I want that improves us. Because I haven't... I bought into the fact that Arsenal wanted this Mudrik, and so I thought, right, well, if he if we want him and we are willing to go to the... Um, you know, towards a hundred million, whether it's 60, 70, whatever it was that we ended up on. Uh, I was buying into the confidence of our hierarchy going after that, not necessarily what I've seen. For me, there isn't anyone in that Chelsea team that I would want right now. I did like Ziyech when he was at Ajax. I wanted him. I liked him. Chelsea have ruined him. Um, Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Well, what started as a really positive discussion has ended on quite a downer, hasn't it? Well, it's just Chelsea annoy me. Like they always have um, for many a year. Uh, and this is just another good reason for it. Um, but, yeah. Um, moving on. We're going to uh, renovate the stadium with those new wraps, the new designs of the uh, the wraps that will go around the, the ground. I'm going to throw out there I liked, because there's eight, aren't there? I think there's two that I don't like. Um, the rest I do. Be, okay. I can't remember all eight, but... There's a, yeah, so uh, the ones I'm not a huge fan of are all of the banners put together. Um, yeah, it looks quite chaotic. It'd be yeah. interesting to see when it's actually up, um, what it's like. But yeah, it looks a bit. Um, 
Yeah, Mashi. Don't we'll like that one. And then the other one is the one I can't even remember it properly now, with uh, two big flags on it. That's like the whole like we're doing good right now. We want to do good in the future thing. I think that one's a bit of a, a miss. I think the other ones with like the stand on it from Highbury, marvelous. Love that. The uh, women's and men's invincibles teams, love that as well. And I'm really glad that they've got representation on there. Um, I think that uh, that is definitely um, it would have been a miss if they hadn't have done that. So, yeah. uh, and I must admit, I hadn't because I didn't really know what they were conceptualizing about these. I didn't know what direction they were going in. Um, so I, I was happy to see that. Um, and then some of the other ones with the history, like the uh, Arsenal um, with the cannons on it and stuff like that, they look good. I think, you know, the one with Welcome to North London that you'll see from the train um, on the uh, kind of armoury side of the ground, that corner that as you lead away towards the tolly. Um, I think those are all nice. I did think that they might throw on an old crest and I know in, yeah. in, in, technically they have with what the stand design um, the the 30s uh, in the hexagonal thing um, but I, I wondered if they might be brave enough to throw up uh, the, the badge from like the late 90s um, early noughties before we change to what we have now but yeah. uh, it does maybe from a branding point of view I do understand it does somewhat muddy the waters more than doing t-shirts and shirts and merchandise with it on versus having it plastered on the stadium for the next however many years yeah I'm uh, I loved it well I think it was really good it's fantastic they got the fans um, to sort of talk about it and and give their input on the designs from um, a, a blank sheet apparently um, so it's, it's really good that the club have done something like this. I think it will look great when it's up and it will make the whole thing just more, um, you know, build that connection even more, mm -hmm. which is a fantastic thing. And, um, yeah, all these things make you know um, how special this club is. And um, if some fella who's pretty fast doesn't want to play for us, so be it, you know. <laughs> So be it. Um, just one more thing. Fantasy, cool. you fluffed it again. Yep. There was, a, there was a Friday game. So the moral of the story there is, you know, check when the fixtures are. Um, you you were saying some bold things just last week about how I was new start, you know, gonna gonna do you from here. Um, and already you're sleeping on it and and falling behind. So do you want to do over again and start again from now, or um, what what, what do you want to do there, mate? I don't know why we're playing games on a Friday night. It's madness. <laughs> it's not it's not the FA Cup. It's not it's not Carabao. What's going on? Absolutely caught me unawares. Um, yeah. Um, I I I just didn't know that game was happening. Um, <laughs> But next week they're back to Saturdays, which is which is how it should be. Um, but yeah, I, I've not I've not looked at the points, um, so I'm sure you've got a decent amount there. I've still got. I mean, I, I still have a good team out. So yeah, you got forty seven. Yeah, too bad. And there's still another game to go. Right, we've still got a or a couple of games to go in this because it's a double game week for a few teams. Yeah, and you've got 
three City players, same as I do. Two of them are the same. And you've got Rashford, same. I have him as well. Um, so we're in the same boat on that one. Um, so the only differential for between you and I is a Kanji you have and I have Cancelo. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And for me, even that was a bit of an accident. I planned to change that at work and I had been courting the idea of putting John Stones in for Cancelo because of the ups and downs of whether he's playing or not. And I actually got lucky that I missed it because I was busy at work and wasn't able to change it before that game kicked off. Um, and because John Stones wasn't in the in the squad for City and Cancelo did play, even though they conceded. So it was only a point, but um, still, every point matters. Certainly does, mate. Lovely. Well, I think that pretty much covers it for me, mate. Anything you else wanted to say? No, I think we've done a good job there of um, covering all the, all the topics we needed to. I think we've uh, stood in the midfield of the podcasting world like a dominant Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka. Yeah, um, well said. <laughs> and what, there's no one else anywhere near to us? No. Nope. Is that what you're saying? Basically, like, even though Just we in have... in the distance, you can see the arse cast. We have a handful not really... of faithful listeners, and there's behemoths like the arse cast and, and others out there. Um, but, yeah, I think we've done such a good job there with flying. Um, right, we're going to stop chatting shit now, and we're going to let you get on with your day, your evening, your week... Uh, thanks again for listening we do really appreciate the fact that people are tuning in and spending your time with us Um, we hope that we will move on to the weekend with everyone in good shape ready to go for the game against Man United Uh, and we hope that you'll be back to listen to us again when we speak to you next other than that Chris just remind him how many points clear we are at the top 8 points clear baby Enjoy that and we'll speak to you really soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.